This is the Mini Market Podcast. Welcome back to episode 58 of the Mini Market Podcast. We have a full house today. Dalton, Isaiah, Connor, and Lucas. Fellas, let's start here. How are your brackets doing? Let's go with the final four teams. How many you got left, Isaiah? Uh, just one. So eight? One. Now that uh, Illinois just lost, I just have one left. I, I had a tough start to the whole thing. I lost my first game. Lost a final four team. Who are your uh, four? Okay, give me one second. I didn't know I was going to be put on the spot. Longwood. Talk about <laughs> didn't know Saint I was going to have to have my bracket ready. St. Peter's I, is his one he's got left, so go go Gales, <laughs> go Peacocks. I, I spent the last are. three days trying to forget that I even made a bracket, and here I have to present it to you, all my all shame. Right. Uh, we'll go to Lou first, because I think he yeah. had a way more interesting Final Four I've than got my, anybody I've got else. Up here. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can hold up the screen quick, but... Uh, you maybe not can't really see, but you need to read it. A whole, this is an yeah, audio this podcast. Is a podcast. <laughs> Somebody tell me this we is a podcast. Live. This isn't right. a video. So everybody <laughs> read the charade segment. After watching almost no college basketball all season, I really just went with my gut this year. I went big, and it turned out horribly <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. Um, <clears throat> UConn, Baylor. LSU and Tennessee as the champion, all as of now are eliminated from the tournament before the round of 32 is even finished. They don't have one by far the worst bracket I have ever made. So you just repeat those teams again. I might. Yeah. You yeah, got seeds. I had UConn. Um, I believe five. they were five seed Baylor. Only one, one seed in the final four. Uh, I think LSU was a six. And Tennessee was a three. I had UConn, the first bracket I made, I had UConn winning the whole thing. And for some reason, it like didn't save right. So I just redid it again. Thank God, because I believe they lost in the first round. Um, <clears throat> and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the Vols. Go Vols. And go yeah, Vols. It, the bracket's terrible. I mean, other than those four, I mean, I was doing fairly well. I was hovering around 73% picks, which is you know fairly good for me. Um, but I mean, now it's just like zero unbounded, like zero for the rest of the tournament. It's, it's really sad, but Ike, you have your four up yet? Yeah, I got my four. Uh, I had Baylor, Texas tech still alive, Arizona, Whoa. my champions and Iowa. And I, I don't feel bad about the Baylor one because they just ran into a hot squad with UNC. They've been buzzing True. after they beat. What a Duke game on that was, though. K's day. Yeah, that was a crazy game. UNC might win this whole thing. This could be a horrible take, but like they looked so good in their first two games. Oh, yeah. Their offense is really strong. They were buzzing, for sure. Um, I, feel, I just feel really personally bad about the Iowa one. I really got swept up in the Iowa hype, and I... Big 10 guy. It's just... It's shameful. Shameful. But Conference of Champions, Quack. we're still alive, baby. We're still alive. Zoner. Dalt, how about you? How's your four? Oh, I also got swept up into the Big Ten hype. So I had Iowa in my final four, too. Big L. It, so I, we got off to a slow team. start. And But otherwise, I had Arizona, Purdue, and Gonzaga. I have Arizona over Purdue in the finals. So holding out hope there that those two teams are going to make a deep push. But Iowa was uh, shameful. Um, for mine, mine is very similar to Dalton's. I have Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, and Auburn. Whoa. Um, so for a second there, I think I had like three SEC schools in the final four. And so I just had to restart. I was like, there's no way. This isn't football, so, Connor. Get real. Yeah, I was like, whoa, is this? Is it already um, January? But I have Purdue over Arizona. So same matchup, I think, as Dalton, but different champion. So we'll see how that plays out. Honestly, I've had a lot of like bad. Like my early games are bad, but I still have the final four available. So that's big. You know what? I got swept up in South Dakota hype. I took them over Providence round one just to be loyal here, and that was a bad move. But I, too, had Iowa in the Elite Eight, so they suck, and that's frustrating. Other than that, we're fine. We're, we're surviving. Surviving in advance. That's the name of the game. People forget. 
Well, other than college hoops, other than the broken brackets, how are we doing? I just had one last thing on college hoops. Did you guys, do you guys watch the halftime shows at all ever? Like you just are a little late switching over to the next game or it's kind of early when there's not multiple games going on in those first couple of days. Anybody do nope. that? All so right, no just me. me. Dog. Um, well, it's the NBA TNT crew, mostly minus Shaq. So they got Kenny, Charles, and um, the white guy. Ernie. Ernie. Right? And Ernie. And then they instead of Shaq, they have Clark Kellogg there. And it is one of the funnier dynamics to me because Clark Kellogg is so out of his element with the the three of them because they just like to goof around and say like offhand shit. And he really takes everything seriously. And he also is like not that goofy, I don't think. And like really tries to be professional and he knows he's talking about kids. So he tries to stay positive, but like Chuck and like, he just loves to talk shit about everybody. So they just have this weird like juxtaposition. But for me, when he's there every once in a while, he gets caught up in their like tomfoolery. And it's like, if you were like 10 years old and you had two baseball teams in your town and one of the teams is like good and their coach is like a hardo dad and he like keeps him in line. And then the other team is like, not really that good. And they just kind of goof around and have an awesome time all the time. And uh, there's like a tournament where the team that's goofy needed one extra kid and they pull it from the other team. And he's like, comes in and he's trying to be all serious. <laughs> like he always is like, cause he thinks that's what baseball is all the time. And he just shows up with this group of just absolute degenerate kids, just goofing <laughs> around the entire time. And it, you can slowly see them chip away at the kid who's serious. And he finally starts to like become one of them. And that's what I see when I see Clark Kellogg with the TNT uh, NBA crew. And it's a joy to watch. It's a joy because sometimes he gets some busting laugh and I'm like, all right, Clark, you're starting to assimilate, baby. <laughs> Clarky. <laughs> so that was, that was all I had on that one. So we can move on from that. <laughs> it was a good little story. Just not a lot to build off. I, haven't, I had to look up who Clark Kellogg was in the middle. So, what? oh, he's a beauty. he's a stat sheet stuffer. <laughs> That's what I read online <laughs> moments ago. He had a he had a fit yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that turtleneck with some kind of the suit was just it was a lot for me to look at. But he pulled it off. Pulled it I off. definitely couldn't pull it off. Do we want to stay in the college realm, Connor? You had your your college hypothetical. It's not a bad idea. Go yeah, back to sure. school. Can, Let's go. We can roll right into that. Okay. So the other day we were watching the Duke UNC game and I started thinking this was Coach K's last game. I don't know if you guys know that. It's kind of Coach K's keeping that one pretty close to the chest that he's retiring. But so that's happening if I'm breaking news to you. But um, I started thinking if you could go back to college as a student only, you wouldn't get to play sports. And you're going to you're you're enrolling this next fall. What school would you choose? And I put in a disclaimer that you can't pick a school based on a- academics, specifically tailored at Dalton. Uh, Stanford. So so I said, what, what? Like I guess this the question comes back to like what college fan base is like the most exciting to you guys? So with that in mind, I'm gonna kick it to Lou. Any thoughts on that one? Any things that just instantly come to mind, or maybe you have one already? Yeah. So um, I one popped into mind, and then I danced around a couple others. But I'm going back to the original of LSU. Not only you know, big time Final Four bracket for me. Yeah, you're huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great school for that, right? Um, but uh, I think that what really drew me was the football atmosphere is just incredible there after they won the national title game and death valley is just one of the coolest names in sports i think um also you know love justin jefferson so got to show him a little love purple and gold i mean it's just a match made in heaven i got to work on my southern draw a little bit and maybe maybe just customize my palette to the uh, i think (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe i could customize my palette to the um to the southern food a little bit but i think it'd be a blast little gumbo gumbo little thank gumbo you i was trying shit. to feel crawfish and gumbo i was like what is the what is the word i'm looking for you're doing great that 
That was uh that was high up on my list, Lou. That was actually one I was thinking. Um, and I, I was gonna say, I don't know if you talked about this, but their baseball is if you're yeah. looking at like all the sports, everything that they're good at, they lead the nation in attendance for baseball every single year. Like they get ten thousand people to every baseball game. That's sick. Yeah. yeah. So that that would be pretty fun too, I think. For sure, uh, Dalton. Do you have do you have one? What, what Ivy League school would you like to go to for sports? Big Dartmouth guy, I bet. They're not an Ivy League, are they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said we can't play. We were not. We don't have any eligibility left. No, I know. Dalton's mm. going back to D three, baby. <laughs> Dalt, I, I don't. MIT. No. Uh, well, I right away I was thinking Florida. Get me down in the swamp. Ooh, get me chomping. Yeah. You in the sweaty swamp? Wait a minute. Are decent sure baseball or decent basketball. Good baseball. Kind of year round. Great fans. You're in the warmth. You don't have to be there for the summer, Lou. So you missed the most humid part of the year. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> you I'd be wearing my sweat time. protectors. Let me tell you. I, I kind of thought Dalton might go like Taylor University. I think that's a school that does the silent night game. Ooh, I could have seen you doing cool. that for that one game of the year. That's, <laughs> that's kind of it. One night Dalton goes out. <laughs> it's a big night, though. No, I'm not going to class <laughs> if I'm going back. And it's not about <laughs> academics, man. I'm hitting the beach. Oh, Taylor Gulf Coast kind of guy, maybe, oh. huh? What do you think? Dunk City. Uh, Ike, how about you? Any thoughts on where you'd head back? solely based on fandom here yeah um that's a tough one so i actually we kind of like we're gonna do this maybe like a couple weeks ago or last week and i had this is how bought in on the iowa bullshit i was no. i was convincing oh, no. myself that i would do iowa no. because and i've Shit. never been down there but i've heard waving iowa city is super fun yeah waving to the kids that's um, pretty cool, but other than that, the drive it's a like, shameful you choice. You get halfway down that's, there and just be like, "I made the wrong choice." Like <laughs> anywhere on? in the country, that's shameful. Uh, Dalton, <laughs> the question wasn't what beach do you want to go to; it was what yeah, school do you want to go to to root for sports. And here's my pitch: is that it's also like not that many um, other things to do. Maybe so everybody's going to the games. Everybody's invested. then go to Kentucky. I mean, yeah, um, based on fandom, you're not wrong there. Kentucky There's really nothing else to do. They I'm finished sorry. ranked above Iowa. Uh, wait, whose <laughs> turn is it, Dalton? <laughs> I'm just appalled by the choice. You had anywhere to go and you're going to Iowa. Can we just take a step back and think They're about this? They're good at basketball. They're good at well, football. Are they? are they? They're good at volleyball. They're decent. No, I don't even think they're very good at baseball. But I mean, volleyball is one of the more electric sports to watch. And I'm pretty sure Iowa volleyball is really good. And uh, that sounds fun to me taking the trolley or whatever it is to the games that would be cool um for me though the, the big factors it's, it's got to be a place where like there's not that much other fun stuff to do in the town like i want it to be all about the school i want to be locked up in the school you know what i mean oh yeah um here's a here's a sleeper pick honestly this is a good one and i know you guys are gonna be like oh whoa, whoa when i say it but I need you to have an open mind when I say this one, okay? If you say St. Thomas. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Um, I thought someone was going to throw that in there. <laughs> that is funny. No, but my sleeper pick is the University of Arkansas. Oh. Because it's in Fayetteville, which is like a cool town, actually. I did a lot of research on Fayetteville. There's a lot of fun stuff to do down there. It's one of those, like, it's like a mini Austin. I know Dalton is laughing at me, but it's like a mini Austin down there. They have incredible biking trails. You're very close to the Ozarks for people who don't actually like to go to the games. Dalton, you could go to the Ozarks, get your water beach, that kind of thing there. Yeah, more coastline um, than the state of California. And like, we'll talk about that. They exactly. And they have like that scrappy do kind of attitude down there where like they really do love their teams, but their teams don't ever quite do that great but they're also not like terrible 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 so i feel like it'd be a fun like everybody's invested everybody cares a lot but nobody's like oh you go there you're such a like you know it's not like you're at bama you know i mean i think that's a pretty good point like going somewhere where there's not like a big professional sports team 
where the fan base is just really locked into the college team is something that we've obviously never really experienced. Yeah, that that was definitely a piece of it for me too when I was looking at it. Um, Isaiah, similarly. I think one thing you didn't mention too, or maybe I missed it, but their baseball is really good. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. the thing about baseball too in the Midwest, there's not really that cool game day atmosphere, but like in the SEC or at least in the South in general, they do have that really cool game day atmosphere where it'd be really fun to actually go to their baseball games. Whereas up here in the Midwest, it's not quite the same atmosphere. So I don't hate fan. I had a similar one. Um, the one I was looking at was Texas A&M. Um, Aggies. They, they kind of fluctuate in basketball of being relevant and not. Same with football. So, like, if I'm there for the next four years, I assume I'm going to have, like, one really good baseball season or basketball season, probably two good football ones. And then baseball, they're always pretty competitive. Um, same sort of deal where in call, I mean, it's college station. So, like, you're not going to find a more college place than that. Um, I think they really buy into sports there and like supporting the Aggies. So, and Giggum. So that's Giggum is fun to say. I have a friend who he went there and he literally is one of those guys who just won't stop talking about it. So good. Yeah. pick. Like a cool student section too. Everyone's militaried up, you know, that's cause it's like an agriculture military school. So that's always sick. It's huge for me. And then Connor, I you could have got be. a degree in like um, green maintenance or something like you could have been like a golf course guy. I feel like that yeah, would have been or, a good or, fit for you driving around in or, a little cart and stuff all the time. Finding sunglasses. Kind of like my know. car, just slightly sm- <laughs> smaller, maybe with a golf cart. Um, but and the great thing about that, you know, not that we're focusing on academics, but yeah, a turf degree would be sick working on baseball fields or golf courses. Yeah. Yeah. Good life. See, this is what happens when you really do research, Dalton, instead of just picking the beach, just yeah. going to the beach. I thought don't, we couldn't go to class at all. I thought we get, said no academics. You would get fried the no first academics. day at the beach, and you would regret it immediately. <laughs> no, Dalton hands up nice. Dalton hands up nice. Thank you. Yeah. Dalton just pulled out a map of the states and picked the state. He was like, Florida seems good. Through a dark. Have fun with those high taxes, Dalton. Good luck working anywhere while you're not going to class. I going back to um, Arkansas. When I think Arkansas sports, the first thing I think of was Bobby Petrino after his motorcycle accident when he had like the neck brace and the scratched up face at his press conference. That's the, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I I thought you were gonna say Jerry Jones. Yeah, did he go to that's Arkansas? You, and yeah. Jimmy Johnson. Ever heard yeah, of him? Uh, or Brett Bielema in that gray sweatsuit. That was the Clinton for a while. Yeah. Arkansas, big things, Dalt. Big things. Sweet. It's also a top. It's a top-rated live music. Great. Top-rated live music uh, city in the United States. Slide also, over top Nashville. ten biking city and Southern barbecue, Dalt. We go. You should run good. for mayor, man. <laughs> well, similarly on this point, um, I'm going to transition over. I actually have a top twenty that's kind of related to this. If you guys want to jump into that game quick, and. It is, according to Bleacher Report, <clears throat> the top 20 game day football experiences in Division One. Oh. So I kind of like put those two together when I was thinking about it. So <clears throat> if you have done research, it may benefit you slightly, but um, I think it'll be a pretty level playing field. So the order I have is alphabetical. Can I write stuff down? Yep. So we'll go Dalton, Ike, Lucas. In that order, two strikes and you're out, similar to how we've done it before, top 20 in Division One college football. All right, I've got my first one, so I can go. Okay. I'm going with Penn State. Penn State, number 12 on the list. Thank you. Ike? We'll, we'll try to do like five or 10 seconds for each person. We'll go 10. Alabama. Like, number one. Woo, really? Rocking yep. right down the list, baby. Nobody shows up to their games till the playoffs. That's what I've heard, but okay. I know. A Bleacher Report, not me, but uh, okay, Lou. Uh, Clemson. Clemson, number 14. Dalt. Texas. Hook them. Texas, number 18. Pretty low on the list, honestly, surprised me. Isaiah? Yep, I'm going to go with Michigan. 
Michigan. Myth again, number eight. Getting some respect for the Big Ten there. Lou, still no misses. Two for everyone. I am going to go USC. USC. Number 22, so that's going to oh, be a miss. Just that was my next one, Lou. That damn. was my next one. Just that's, that's how I get caught up. So oh, if I remember chance. correctly, when we were doing the top 20, so bef- do is there a different point system or no? Yes, you get yeah. two points before you get one wrong. Now it's just one point. Perfect. Okay, but Lou, keep battling. Well, I've heard all these good things about Arkansas, so let's go with Arkansas. <laughs> Our Kansas is number 24. See, Dolphin. this was a win-win. It proves my point. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so worth it to lose the game. Yeah, so worth it. Uh, can I ask a question? Yes. I was writing while people were talking. I wasn't paying attention. Did Lucas say LSU? Nope. Nobody has said oh, LSU. I'll say LSU. Number, number two. two. Number yeah, two. Yeah, baby. So Ike's oh, he got knew one it was number two. two. It's like he's looking it up or something. That's called confidence. LSU, you, baby. All right, I, uh, Lucas. Uh, I'm going to go Auburn. Ooh. Auburn, Auburn number Eagle, seven. Nice one. So a, a little point total rundown. Dalt has four. Ike has six. Lou has three. Right. Dalton's up with one Florida, strike. The Swamp. Chomp, chomp. Florida, number 13. Let's go. Moves within one of Ike. Hmm. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma number 17, Boomer yes. Sooner. Ike moves to eight points overall. Lucas? Texas A&M? Texas A&M? Yeah, no. which A&M? No. Don't give him the answer, Connor. Yeah. You just said you A&M. Say Alabama, There's a ton A&M? of A&Ms. Okay. <laughs> give me the Aggies, baby. The Aggies, number 11. Nice pick. Woo, woo, woo. Dalton, back to you. Trailing Ohio by three State. points. Back oh. to the Big Ten. Iowa State's not in the Big no, Ten. No, Ohio State. Ohio oh. State. <laughs> that, is, that, that makes Panic. a lot more sense. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Iowa State, number four. Number four overall. Kind, wow. of, uh, kind of interesting. Lou didn't get that one. Are we right? Keep yeah, that you were a big fan. Keep He's been a fan since their undefeated season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he stuck with them through it. <laughs> I told that story this weekend to one of my buddies, and they were dying laughing, by the way. Anyways, Isaiah, you're up next. Uh, if you're going to beat the Bulldog, you're going to have to beat the Bulldog. <laughs> Number six. Georgia. Georgia Bulldogs. I like to go to 10 points overall. What ones do we have left? What numbers? I feel like we're doing pretty well. Okay, we have three, we have five, we have six, we have nine, we have ten, we have twelve, we have fifteen. Great question, Dalton. <laughs> I, I thought we had like, like only I'm six get number left. eight. <laughs> no, no, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're missing a lot. Okay, we're missing. Yeah, you you have you have about ten left. Jesus. All right, I'm up, right? <clears throat> Give yep. me Wisco, Scotty. Wisconsin, number 15. Good one, Lou. Nice, Lou. Dalton, back to you. Iowa. It's keeping the Big Ten. Do the wave. Iowa, children. number 26. Oh, man. Like another bad choice by Isaiah. Eliminated, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> just proving his point with this game. <laughs> Dalton finishes with six points. That's not going to do it. Ike, back to you. I'll keep it in the Big Ten. Let's keep it rolling. Go Big Red, Nebraska. Number nine, Nebraska. Yes. Well done, Ike. Ike is just killing it. I'm rolling, baby. L- Lucas? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oregon. Quack. Oregon, the quack attack number twenty-three, and oh. that does it. Ooh, Ike wins. Ike wins with a massive right. twelve points. Can I just try to do a couple more? Yeah. Did you do you like have the list or something? Good lord. No, I just I did a research project on uh, colleges with like good college atmospheres, small towns, and I'm just oh. pulling from that list. Okay. Um. All right, Texas Tech. 
Uh, no, Raiders. they are Ooh. they are not even the top thirty. So shit, right. well, I should have stopped when I was ahead. Yeah, God, now um, you're looking. But uh, that's all right. I, that's one strike. Uh, Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame is number three. Yep. Yes. That, okay. No, I missed that one. one. Um, South Carolina. South Carolina ah. is not in there. Okay. Shoot. FSU is where I should have gone next. Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, number 10. So I'll yep. read them. Alabama, one, Miss. LSU. Last guess, Old Miss. Oh, they yep, Old Miss, number six. So pretty much routed out. Tennessee. Top 20, Alabama, <laughs> right, LSU, just... Notre Dame, Ohio State, Tennessee, number five. Kind How do I not think of that? There. National champs in some, some brackets. Yep. Old Miss, Auburn, Michigan, Nebraska, Florida State, Texas A&M, Penn State, Florida, mm-hmm. Clemson, Wisconsin, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, South Carolina. Oh, did somebody guess South Carolina? I, I guess South Carolina. He literally just said. <laughs> oh, but that was after no. the game. Oh, that was after the okay. game, so we're good. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, South Carolina and number twenty, West Virginia. Kind of oh, surprised. Uh, Country roads. Mountain Morgan Mama, <laughs> take me home. So Ike wins this version of the top twenty trivia. So with that being said, we can pivot off of college athletics. Connor, that was fun. That was a good one. That was, that was a, a fun good one. one. Very I good think one. Call, I think the top 20s are, are a fun segment. They just, segment. It's kind of fun to see, you know, from my perspective, to watch you guys miss on like Notre Dame, which is like, <laughs> okay, we're not Notre Dame guys like you. Hell of a game day experience, you know? But then yeah, their I, bunch surprised me. Like, yeah, I would never guess Tennessee in the top five because they haven't been relevant in football in 20 years, right? Peyton Manning, though, baby. It's all Peyton. you need. Peyton. It's all about tradition in college sports. I I feel like you, and I don't want to be like this guy, but I feel like if you just went to every SEC game day, you'd be like, these this is the these are the best. This is it. Like the yeah. like, I mean, yeah. You telling me Arkansas is not top twenty? <laughs> it's absolute crap. <laughs> um, people forget Virginia Tech is better than Arkansas according to Bleacher Report game day experience, but that's because I enter Sandman. I bet that's. A I always wonder though, who makes that? Is it just some guy who's like going to? He's like on the ESPN truck or the Bleacher so Report. So this truck is what it said. It was based on stadium tailgating, fans, atmosphere. History, tradition, which can you guys explain to me how those are different in a That's second? That's the only reason that Nebraska is on No, there. Connor, history be, is, is old, your team good. Tradition is enter Sandman. That's your clarification. Okay. And then finally, overall experience, which some would say is everything. But yeah, uh, so bullshit list. <laughs> <laughs> Ike wins. Ike wins by a landslide. <laughs> Final still... score, 12 for Ike, 6 for Dalton, 5 for Lou. And like Ike's right bitching there. about the rules. You say that final score one more time, Connor. <laughs> I said uh, twelve six five. I'm right there, Dalt. Watch it. <laughs> Next time, I'm gonna leapfrog you. Is anybody uh, who's won the most of those? Just you know, asking generally. I know it's not me. <laughs> I'm Any pretty thoughts? sure me. Oh, okay. probably me. Yeah, it's either you or me. Because <laughs> like been the host for most of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means stupid. So yeah. those two factors, yeah. Oh, oh man, it's been a great podcast. I love that it's a super busy week in Minnesota sports, and we spend the first <laughs> half hour started. guessing college game day experiences. Oh, uh, that's more madness. That's, that's like August activities, and we're doing it at peak sports time. Why? What happened this week? Speaking of, yeah, good transition, Connor. Thanks, guys. Well done. Do we want to talk the Carlos Correa signing or do we want to talk Wolves? You're the host, man. I'm happy either. I think Correa is probably the bigger news right now because the Wolves we will will pending still be good next week. True. Are you still hosting, Connor? Or am I hosting? Was I hosting the whole time? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I just okay. took over for <laughs> some of my segments there. Ah, that that's was a right. clean that's transition. I don't edit anything in this pod. Just let it all just run. Send just it let it Guys, we're, we're going to have like half of the listens this week. Should so we go live to, to Twitter? Five? We should have done it for the, the, for the top 20 live to Twitter. 
then people could see if I was cheating or not. Now they'll, they'll never know. Now they'll never know. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Probably was. Okay, so let's transition. We're going to talk Carlos Correa, the biggest free agent signing in Minnesota uh, Twins history. We talked a lot about him last week. We might have had the most Carlos uh, Correa coverage before Carlos Correa signed of any Minnesota sports podcast. So good for us. Pull, Breaking yeah. news before it breaks. What do you call it when you're given when, when old number 94 Pat Williams on your back? It's a pat on your back. There we go. Big uh, um, back ride. All right, here we go. Uh, I'd call so, that exhausted. <laughs> so the twins signed Carlos Correa, shortstop, formerly on the Houston Astros, to a three-year, $105 million deal. It's basically three one-year deals because Correa has the option to opt out after years one and two. But this is the most money per year of any infielder in MLB history. So this is a massive signing in terms of the Twins. $35 million. I know a lot of Twins fans are like, well, we could have used pitching. But there were no good pitchers left on the market. The Twins had a lot of money left in the pocketbooks. So shout out to the poll ads. Dropping big cash on Carlos Correa. The lineup is looking good, guys. Have we come around on Correa since last podcast? We big Carlos Correa fans? Unless he brings a title to me, I don't think I'll ever be a Carlos Correa fan. Like, I just, something about it, it's probably a lot to do with the Astros, but his face, it, I just hate it. I make, it's a punchable face is what it is. Ike, you said it. He's a mustache guy. You're a mustache guy. Mm-hmm. Makes you hate mustaches, right? Like, yeah, I know. He, I mean, he keeps his too well groomed. I think that's part He's got of it. A nice one. Part that's of part it. It's way too well groomed. groomed. <laughs> it's like, dude, focus on fielding. You know, stop worrying about your mustache. We need you to hit. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, I, I. It's hard for me to get over the fact, like, that I really dislike the situation that he came from, and maybe it's like time to bury the hatchet because we signed them. Um, but it, it just feels like, man, it's hard to get excited to support a guy that's done like one of the worst things, you know, that baseball has had in the last 30 years at the steroid era. Um, <laughs> and he was like, at, uh, was and if you haven't go back, things. watch the last episode. If you want to know how Connor feels about all that. Yeah. The thing is for Good me point. is too, is like Correa and Altuve were like at the front of all of it too. But so like, like he was the fate, the villain of baseball for so long. Well, and I think the interesting thing was is like Altuve leaned into being like, yeah, I'm apologetic. We we shouldn't have done it. I've learned my lesson. Correa was like the exact opposite. So, that and regardless still of it, Altuve, Altuve. Still cheating. That dude's still cheating. Why? How? I, dude, Why? I think he's still cheating. Like, I think he's still doing the whole like the wire thing. He hits too many first pitch. Like, he nobody can attack. Uh, like a fastball like that, like just like first pitch, like he just, no, I just don't believe it. I think that dude's still cheating. I hope the twins finish dead last in the central. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That's well, a little far. I'm regardless, <laughs> regardless of how we feel about Correa as a player or as a person, Big the sign. twins, the twins offense looks pretty dang good. So like the mock opening day lineup, you have Buxton and center, Arise, potentially DHing. You have Correa at short, Polanco at second, Kirilov in left field. You have Sano, Kepler, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela. Like, there's not really an easy out in that lineup. So it's no. honestly one of the better lineups. Unless you can throw a slider, had. and then there's a lot of easy outs <laughs> in that lineup. <laughs> Start across um, the plate and outside. A lot so of swinging misses. Who starts at third base for us is my question. Gio. Urshela's Probably got Urshela. Right? Okay. Yeah. He's actually pretty good. Like when you look at his numbers, he's had a couple of years where he's hit like he hit 314. He's like a career 280 hitter with like 15 bombs a year. So like he's a solid all around hitter, solid so defensively. Is, he's just like solid. Like he's not going to be special or flashy, he's but he's like stud, a good player. Yeah. So we have, so then Sano is going to be at first if Arise is DHing. Yeah. Okay. I've heard a lot of talk, which uh, I don't hate. Sanchez is going to be a big time DH because he's. A lazy ass catcher, <laughs> but Jeffers talk about an easy out. Yeah, Jeffers is definitely one of the guys who, like, he he's his offensive production is sort of a pivot point for the offense this year. There's like Kirilov, he hit 
incredibly before his wrist injury and then was a good hitter with zero power after his wrist injury last year. So like where on that spectrum does he fall this season? Have teams sort of adjusted to him after his first, you know, 50 or so games played? Cause he, he, in some mocks, they have him hitting like fourth in the twins opening day lineup. Cause he's just a really, really good hitter. Others they have him hitting eighth, like sort of wherever he falls on that sliding scale, that's going to be sort of where the twins offense performs. How is how I see it. Cause like if they get a number four or like a three, four hitter out of Kirilov, when you pair that with Buxton, Correa, Polanco, Arise, like that's incredible. But if he's more of like the bottom of the lineup guy, then the offense might be more toward league average. Um, but then, yeah, you mentioned Jeffers, Lou. He's he hit like 315 his in 2020, the short in 2020, and then he hit 199 last year. So hopefully he falls somewhere in between that. Uh, I gotta but hope, yeah. If, if he ends up being like a 200 hitter where he's just like a backup defensive catcher, then that hurts because he'll end up only catching 50 games instead of 100 or 110 if well, he can hit like 230. The thing I think about too is with the pitching staff the way it is, it would really help to have a like a really good catcher back there. But if he can't produce, then that's obviously an issue. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they sort of handle that um, because with Sanchez being more of a quote-unquote proven offensive commodity, like he's only going to hit 230, but he'll give you like 20-ish home runs, which is good for a catcher. Like early in the season when there are no injuries, I'm curious to see how that balance sort of plays out. Once there is an injury, I could see then Arise playing more in the field, Jeffers catching more, and Sanchez being your sort of full-time DH where you don't have to worry about his lazy catching, but early in the season where they're going to have like 11 guys who probably deserve to be in the lineup, the catching breakdown is going to be really interesting because Jeffers is definitely the least proven offensive commodity that some people have as a starter right now. I think for me, one thing that like an analogy that I thought of for this team right now is like it we have the twins right now are like a Lamborghini. Hear me out with no gas and gas prices just seem to keep going up. And so like, it's great in theory, but until like we go and make a couple moves, maybe, maybe run down the street, hit up Senex and go get a couple pitchers. And then we bring them back and we put them in, the Lamborghini and now we have some gas like then we actually can do something because like our order like you said is solid defensively I think we'll be okay we'll be good enough but our pitching right now is just not there and obviously you said it Dalton like towards the end of free agency there weren't any pitching options right now there are no good pitchers like there's no real upgrades so it's one of those things where Dalton had mentioned it earlier this week that we're gonna have to go trade if we want to go and get something and that's why we have a car in our driveway that looks sick, but we're not getting to the postseason with no gas. Thanks I like that was good, Connor. I like that. Great analogy. Thanks, yeah. That was fun. Gotta hope we got a hybrid or something here. I, yeah. I just wonder if we're gonna end up like we were in the middle of the summer last year with Dalton telling us like they're they're not that bad. Like the offense is doing really well. We have an above league average offense and we the losses just keep piling up. To your point, Connor, of like if if you don't have pitching, it your lineup can be sweet, but it's it's just not going to get you that far. Dalton, any ideas on what they might do to try to shore up the pitching staff and the road and the bullpen? Yeah, so I, th- I think the bullpen is probably pretty set as it is right now. They signed Joe Smith, who sounds like a my player that you just use the default settings on the show. The name. Yeah, Joe Smith, who's like a thirty-eight-year-old was a setup guy he'll be more of like a six seventh inning side armor uh for them this year so the bullpen pretty set with rogers at the back end duffy and alcala setting him up and then you have some maybe younger guys plugging holes otherwise you have um smith and cody stashak some some of those dudes in the middle middle of the game um the starting rotation is obviously where they need to upgrade they have a ton of like double a triple a starters that are like at the top end of the prospect rankings right now they have jordan balazovic they have uh joan duran johan duran i don't actually know how to pronounce that who threw like 300 mile an hour pitches in the game yesterday the spring training game yesterday so he 300 miles per hour three <laughs> space 100 mile per hour pitches let's get him up now <laughs> no wonder sanchez can't catch it 
So what they're going to try to do is, is find at least one starter uh, where they'll have sort of two veterans and then Ober Ryan and then Bundy probably to get them to like the midway part of the season. Then hopefully some of the young guys can sort of come in and, and fill holes. And if one of them emerges as like a solid middle of the rotation candidate, then we'll be all right. So I'm guessing they're only going to go after one pitcher. Um, there are a couple pitchers that Oakland is shopping right now. Um, Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas, who are both like number two starters, uh, which would, they'd probably battle for the twins opening day job. Cause Sonny Gray is also like a number two starter. Who's going to be forced into an ACE role, but they're sort of the, the word on the street of like, they're, they're being shopped. They're like four or five teams sort of going after them, which makes you worry a little bit. Cause then you'll probably end up overpaying with prospects to get them. But those are the two names on the street. The exciting thing is that the twins generally, the twins front office generally operates like very quietly in terms of front offices. Like they're, are very few rumors before twins moves break. Like no one was expecting the Carlos Correa signing before it just happened. And it was, it was everywhere. Like there was, there were no inklings leading up to it of like, Oh, the twins might actually do this. They were in on story. That was sort of the word on the street, but it's exciting to me because then there might be sort of a third, fourth pitcher out there who might not necessarily be thought to be on the market, but then boom, the twins sort of swoop in and get him. Um, When they do make a trade, it's probably going to cost them one of their high end prospects. So you might have to part ways with like Royce Lewis or one of those pitching prospects I mentioned, which I'm okay parting with Royce Lewis. Like he's a middle of the top 100 prospect. He's like 40th to 60th, depending on the prospect ranking you look at, but he hasn't played good baseball since 2018. And that like, at some point you have to actually produce and like he was hurt. He had a, re- he had a really bad season. Then he was hurt and then he was hurt again. And so like, I, You're a 20-year-old, twenty year old, 22 year old shortstop who hasn't played good baseball in four years. Like I'm okay selling on that guy and crossing your fingers that he doesn't work out. I I'm with you, Dalton. I think I said it in the group chat. I just I was like I just have a bad feeling about Royce Lewis. I just think he might never pan out. He really um, feels like one of those prospects we've had that it just is not going to work out, right? Yeah, but then and on David the Ortiz. Ex- exact flip <laughs> side of that is this Correa deal with all of the opt-outs feels like it's two things. One, it's like a little respite for Carlos Correa. He kind of gets to be away from some of the national like speculation of like all the things that people don't like about him. And he kind of just gets to hide in Minnesota for a little bit. He can leave then when he finds the team that he wants to go try to win a championship with. And it buys the twins one, maybe two extra years for Royce Lewis to be like ready, ready to go. If he's going to be ready, ready to go. It's like, it's a decent like stopgap there. If you think Royce Lewis will be the next guy. I like the opt-outs for that reason. Get rid of him sooner. Yeah, for sure. And it also sort of puts pressure on the the Twins front office of like if they actually like Correa and they want to keep him around, like they're going to need to win this year because he's going to have options next free agency, so he's not going to stick around if we win 71 games. So do we feel better about the twins this week than we did last week? Or are we still just down because we still suck on as far as pitching goes and we don't like Correa as far as a group pulse or thumbs up, thumbs down. We, nobody say anything. Just we'll do it. Just do it on the screen. (laughs) Oh, that's join our Patreon community. You get to watch and see what we did. (laughs) Two thumbs sideways and a thumbs down. I'm thumbs up because I believe in the twins front office. Oh, is it two? Two thumbs thumbs down. down? I thought we were Connor. Can we do a little zoom high five here? Because I think you and I are on the same page with the twins this year. I thought we were going to do a dramatic like thumb in the middle. And I was thinking like gladiator. And I was going down. Yeah, gotta do this one. There we okay, yeah. So are you anyways, all thumbs down? Yeah, I don't feel good. I think Ike makes an excellent point. It doesn't matter how good the lineup is. Like I don't think we're gonna be stellar defensively either will be good, but without pitching, I maybe the pitching pans out, but right now I just don't feel confident in the pitching staff. But defense Dalt's up up on it. I'm thumbs but, up just because I think the twins are going to make a move for a pitcher like i don't think the correa signing makes a ton of sense if they're not going to add a pitcher yeah i think it should be said that it it is it's like a pat on the back like you said but for the 
the front office. Like, I'm happy they went and made a splash and made a move. Because, like, I think as Twins fans, forever we've been, like, waiting for them to do that. And it always seems like they want to grow their in- internally and then get to a spot where they think they're going to win a World Series and then make a move at the deadline. And, like, for the last couple times they've been ramping up with, with, with prospects, we haven't got to that spot where it's like, okay, this year we're all in. Let's go make some moves and do something. So I'm happy that they decided in the offseason, like, if we're going to do this, let's go do it. We think Correa adds enough to our team to be really strong offensively. And then, like you said, if they go sign, uh, you know, a pitcher that's a one or a two on most teams, that to me makes me excited. I, I, I would love for them to sign two of those guys because if we want to do anything in the playoffs, if we, you know, if we all of a sudden are talking about us as a playoff team, pitching is really so important in the playoffs that I don't think our lineup is good enough to win games in the playoffs without having an ace. But honestly, if we get back to the playoffs, that's all gravy, baby. I've got a different narrative, Connor. Can I present a different narrative about yeah. it? I think what happened is the twins front office didn't get like, they missed out on things that they wanted to do uh, specifically in the pitching staff. Like there were a lot of good pitchers on the block or like in free agency this off season and they weren't able to sign any of them. And I think they just ended up with a huge cash surplus and felt like we got to do something. Like we can't just roll out a nothing team with this tiny payroll or people will just like devour us. So they just threw a bunch of money at Carlos Correa to kind of be like, yeah, look, we did something. But like, I don't think that was their plan all along. I think they missed out on a lot of stuff. And this was sort of like a, you know, there's a rummage sale and you're just grabbing whatever, you know, crappy t-shirt you can find. Which I don't think you're trying to compare Korea to a crappy t-shirt. No, I am. Uh, Okay, well, there you go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I think to your point, Ike, maybe the contract situation could indicate that as well. We're like, you know, we're going to lose them after this year anyways. Caps open. We have options for next year, potentially. Time shall tell whether they go get a pitcher or two. Let's transition then to the Wolves. Our lovable winning Wolves. 10 and 1 in their last 11 games, making a push for the sixth seed, maybe the fifth seed in the Western Conference. Isaiah, are you hooting and hollering? Your Wolves are winning. Well, I guess technically they're not so lovable anymore. Uh, People are getting kind of mad at the Timberwolves for playing good basketball and winning when they're not supposed to. And beating teams that don't try and uh, having a heartbeat and a pulse and all this other stuff. Uh, I feel great, man. This is a fun team. We've been saying it. This is a fun team and they just keep getting more and more fun. Like they are fully in their bag right now. The Timberwolves are a thousand percent feeling themselves. They just routed the Bucks. Uh, I know no Giannis, right? But you, you got to beat who's there. They crushed the Lakers last week. They're moving up that board, kind of, in a sense. Um, nine and one in their last 10. They have finally made up a little bit of ground on the Nuggets and the Mavericks for the first time in like forever. Both of those teams lost. Uh, puts the Wolves a half game back from the Nuggets and the sixth seed, which would get us out of the potential little play-in tournament. And they're a game and a half back of the Mavericks and the five seed. Interestingly enough, they play the Mavericks twice in the next you know, week and a half here, which uh, that's must-see TV. Timberwolves, Mavericks mm-hmm. is must-see TV right now. The Timberwolves are playing super well, led by Carl Anthony Towns, who's just been insane lately. Puts up 60 last week, 30 on the Lakers. He had another efficient 25 last night. You had Ant finally starting to find his stroke. He went 5 of 10 from 3 against the Bucs. Um, I mean, this is a dangerous team right now, and they and they beat that Bucks team without Jaden McDaniels, who has been playing way, way, way better as of late. Um, it's just been like, this is everything you could have ever asked for as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. It's so much fun to watch them. The target center is electric. You got Mark Lord always taking off his shoes, looking like a total weirdo on the sidelines, but I love it. One it's just, it's, it's been so us. much fun. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to be in the building again this week heading to that Suns matchup. So Ooh, looking forward to fun. Uh, a fun game there. Maybe a little recap. Two of the top 
teams in the West, they say. Um, I have two points, actually, on this. Um, one, kudos to Isaiah and to the rest of you going to Timberwolves games. I don't know if anybody's looked at this, but our road and home splits, we are 500 on the road, and we have one of the best home records in the Western Conference, probably in the NBA. 24-12. So, this is wild, but kudos to those fans going to the game. I don't know what it is about the home cooking we're getting here in Minnesota, but that's big time for the Wolves. Let's go. Point number two, always fun to play this game, and typically it hasn't worked out super well for us, but if the Wolves are in the East, right? Like, we love to play that game. If the Wolves are in the East, we're in fifth place, we're game behind fourth, two games behind third, two games behind second. What? So, I mean, another misfortune for the Wolves to be located in the West Western Conference. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Pups fan. And as a pretty fair-weather Pups fan, these are the days you look forward to for 17 years. And that's just what's so crazy about it is that they've been playing, like, some of the best basketball in Minnesota Timberwolves history in the last, like, since the turn of the year, since 2022 started. Like, they're top five in defense and offensive rating for like the last couple of months, they've been on an absolute tear. They have one of the best starting lineups in basketball. They don't lose and they literally make up no <laughs> ground on the teams in front of them. It's been a crazy season that way. Um, and it's, it's going to boil down hopefully to a really fun end of the season where they play the nuggets at the beginning of April. Like, I think that game is going to be a callback to game 83 uh, or 82 game, 82, back in 2018, one of the most fun Timberwolves games that there ever was or will be. Um, and doing the little like scoreboard thing, it's great. Like the Timberwolves are like, this is why you want them out of the, the play-in tournament because they're like 12 games above the 10 seed. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And 12 games above the nine seed and seven above the eight seed. And like, it's just, and they're only, you know, 15 back from the one seed. Like it's that separation is nuts to me that we could potentially not be in the like real playoffs because of a little play in series, but rather have a chance than not. Um, but it's been fun. So at risk of being a Debbie downer, Uh-oh. I know who we R- play two things. You play who's there at all. You play who's no, no, in front no. of you. I'm actually going to make a different point. Okay. Sorry. I'll make Are we point. concerned? One that the Wolves are peaking too soon. You know, you talk about you want to peak at the right time. Are we worried that this might be their peak? And if they come down from their peak a little bit, end up in the play-in game, not playing their best basketball, point two is, are we concerned about the play-in matchups? Because the first game of the play-in tournament, albeit all these games would be at home, they'd be playing the Clippers, who have what most people say is the best head-to-head matchup coach in basketball in Tyron Liu, who he makes the uh, his in-game adjustments and his schemes to beat the team he is playing are like next level. Are we concerned about that when the Wolves have very little playoff experience? And then if that game doesn't go well, we either play LeBron and AD in one game or the Pelicans who the Wolves match up poorly against our two and two against this year. So are we concerned that they might be peaking too early and that the play-in tournament actually does not favor the Wolves as much as you think? Not worried about peaking too early. I think they're still on the rise, baby. Up, up, up. I am I oh. am worried about the play-in tournament. It's just, it has that sort of like, the Clippers, I have not liked watching the Timberwolves play the Clippers. Ty Lue is a, like, the narrative on Ty Lue being shifted now is amazing. I really like have a lot of respect for like him sticking it out through the LeBron years, like people finally recognizing that like he's a really good coach. I think that's awesome. Um, so I don't want to play the like Clippers, the Pels, like you never know what can happen with the Pelicans when you have Brandon Ingram and uh CJ McCollum. Like one of those two can just absolutely go off. But I mean you and just got to Valentunis is kind of cat's kryptonite. Yeah, in no, a weird way. Seriously. But I think I think a slight difference with like that whole thing now is like guys like that were crap cat's kryptonite when he was like always trying to post up low block or like get those types of back to the basket touches. But with Chris Finch, like he's unlocked this whole driving side of Carl Anthony towns where a big guy like Valanciunas cannot stay in front of Carl Anthony towns. Like that is why I hope the Timberwolves can make it through this playing series, get that grizzly matchup. Cause I'd love to see him go against Steven Adams. 
with the way that he's been playing now. Like he's not going to try to go bang bodies down low anymore. Like he knows he's more athletic. He's faster. He's a better finisher than any center in the league. So I love the way he's been playing where he's like, I'm just going to beat you off the dribble. Forget like trying to, and he does have an incredible bag of post moves, but he's like, I don't need these right now. I can beat you so many other ways uh, with my athleticism. So um, typically I would agree with you on Valanciunas, but I feel like those types of matchups are now starting to favor Carl Anthony Towns because he's starting to use his speed and quickness more. Love that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic about the Wolves. It would just suck. Agreed. If oh. it, if the season comes down to two games and you're like, yeah, the Clippers are a tough matchup for anyone in one game. And then if the Wolves lose that one, then it's a coin flip as to whether or not they make the playoffs. And that would just kind of stink. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm all in, baby. We've got this last month push. Let's go. In terms of looking ahead a little bit, if you look at like the top three, maybe even the top four seeds... Who, who would you say the best matchup for the Tim Rules is? You, Isaiah, you mentioned the Grizzlies with Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, even the Jazz. Maybe the Jazz are like kind of an outlier there a little bit, but what matchup do you think favors the Wolves the best out of those four? It's kind of an on-the-spot on question, too challenging. Uh, I might not hold it to you. Uh, so out of the top four, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I do not want to play, would not want to play the Suns at all. When Chris Paul is back, that team is like insanely good. And he is just one of those guys who I think, uh, he, I mean, he, you saw it last year. He can get under anybody's skin. He'll get under Pat Bev's skin. Like he'll just, he, he, he controls the game in a totally different way. So absolutely would not want to play the Suns. I like the Grizzlies matchup just from like an entertaining standpoint. Like the games that the Timberwolves have had with the Grizzlies this year have been fun. It, it feels like it could go either way. It just has that vibe with the way that's done this season. They're a really, really deep team. Um, and just like being able to watch Ja would be fun, to be honest. So I would, I would like to watch that one. Warriors, if there's no Draymond, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, but if they have Draymond back, um, and now Steph's going to be hurt for a little bit too, maybe. Um, but that, that one is no Draymond, let's do it. I'd say that's our best matchup. That'd be a fun, like Andrew Wiggins, like rivalry type thing. That would be a lot of fun. But if they have Draymond Green, he's just a whole nother beast. He's, uh, he's tough. And then absolutely don't want to play the Jazz. I hate Rudy Gobert. I hate the way he gets, like, he gets star calls on defense, and that doesn't bode well for Cat because Cat gets hacked like nobody's business. And then you get Rudy Gobert, who gets to hack anybody and do whatever he wants and stand in the lane for 15 seconds. Like, I don't want to watch that. So, yeah, I think I would like, personally, I would really enjoy that Grizzlies series. Nice. I think they might actually match up kind of well against the Warriors now just because Draymond is unlikely to be 100% and Steph is also unlikely to be 100% and Steph is effective because he's always moving. And if you can just put like Pat Bev or like bring Okogi in for like five-minute spurts and just bother Steph and just like be bumping Steph, be making his life miserable. Like I think the wolves might actually match up well. And Andrew Wiggins has sucked for the second half of the season. All-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. So if you can sort of get under his skin, you don't usually love a Wiggins revenge matchup, but I think he might sort of shut down. Yeah. He's just been who he's been, you know, One thing to kind of bring the mood down a little bit for this group from a basketball standpoint, and and this will be the last thing, it'll be, um, it might be sad this summer when you guys don't get a look forward to the lottery. Like that could be one (laughs) bummer that I don't know if you guys are really grasping right now, but I did see kind of was checking out like, oh, for the college tournament, who are some of the top picks? And I was devastated to see the Wolves weren't even on there. That sucks. So there's an extra day I have summer or this summer that'll be free. Um, so that's one thing that oh, I don't know if you guys are taking into account. Never watched the draft, right? Never watched the draft. I don't no, watch the I NFL recall. draft. I watch the, I watch the NBA draft. It's shorter. Yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. Better suits. Better suits. Better suits. <laughs> Ike, do you want to talk about the Timberwolves hate that was happening nationwide after they clowned the Lakers? Clowning. It was a clowning. Um, yeah, I mean, the Timberwolves have been pretty bombastic, I think, lately. They've, they're just genuinely, like, having fun. It's, it's crazy. Like, people are mad at this team for having fun. Like, you got Pat Bev shooting off T-shirt cannons. Uh, like, the end of the bench, I think um, Chris Finch said it well. He's like, sometimes it feels like it's Mardi Gras at the end of my bench. Because like it's a team that's lost for a really long time that's been just 
kind of shat on by everybody else in the NBA for a really long time. Uh, finally, like playing well and just having fun. And it just makes you want to buy in even more unless you're Stephen A. Smith and most of the national media with this whole Russell Westbrook thing. It's just, it's, I, I, I don't understand what's going on with this Russell Westbrook thing. Like everybody's upset, especially the Timberwolves. There's that video that came out of Carl Anthony Towns, like looking in the rafters after an egregious air ball by Russell Westbrook. And that was kind of the thing that sparked everything. You got Pat Bev always doing his thing. Um, and everybody's kind of really fighting hard to defend Westbrook and talking about how like, it's, it's not, you know, part of the game to trash talk a little bit. It's not, you know, it's not the right thing to do. It's classless. But the thing that keeps being lost on me is do any of these people watch Laker games? They put in zero effort on either side of the ball as a team. That's the thing that's classless. Like they're not trying at all, at all. It's embarrassing to watch that team play. They have no heart, no effort, and people are defending them. Like it's that thing that I, one of my least favorite things is. I'm losing, so I'm not going to try. And then I'm going to make fun of the person who is trying and that person is actually winning. To me, that's the lamest thing ever. Like, effort is 100% controllable. And if you're just going to pretend to be too cool, LeBron, uh, to try, it's just, it's, it's like, I don't want to see anybody defend that. I think that's the exact wrong mentality. Um, you, you should be getting on the, like the Lakers, like, stop trying, trying to come to their defense. They're not even putting in any effort. It's killing me, man. It's killing me. Um, so the national media was really dogging on the wolves. And I got deep into a Twitter. Like I was deep in Twitter, guys. Love, like love this the, over the weekend. That. Deep in it. And I came to this realization that this is like the first time that I've been a fan of an NBA, an NBA team that is relevant, that is good, that has you know people talking about it. I don't think I'm ready for it. It's hard, man. Like it's hard. People, like it, like now people are like coming at the Timberwolves and they've invited it a little bit on themselves, but it's like, everybody's roasting. You're getting the poverty franchise thing coming in, like all this stuff about how bad the wolves have been. Where usually we just get left alone and we can just wallow and talk to each other. But now we have to like defend <laughs> against the greater NBA Twitter population. I had no idea how toxic it was out there. I had no idea. I'm just now finding out and I just don't know if I'm ready to fight these fights, guys. Uh, crazy. Prayers, I just want to have a good team Isaiah, and enjoy yeah. it. I just want to have a good team yeah, and enjoy so it. If you guys could keep Ike on top of brain this week, that'd be <laughs> great. Um, one question for you, Ike, with this. So I know you talked about the some of the antics that like the wolf just having a lot of fun. Are those the sort of things that like if that was Golden State doing it or the Lakers doing those antics, are are we pissed off about it? Is that just like how this goes? Like, are we upset if they're like having all this fun and kind of clowning around? Or is this basically stem from like the 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 one Laker game trash talking? Like, is this a? I guess my question is: Is this something that we would be like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that if it wasn't us? But because it's us, it's fun. I I saw this online a lot it, with the Lakers thing. It was like it was lose having that happen against the Timberwolves was like rock bottom, and then finally everybody was like, all right, we got to talk about yeah. this because like it would yeah. never ever happen in a million near, years, and now it's finally happening. I mean, I don't know. I think we've seen this from a lot of teams when they're good. Like they, it's fun to win in the NBA when your crowd's going crazy. Like Steph's doing all type of like cocky shit on the court. Like yeah, you know, and and I feel like a lot of people hate it. it. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I think it's just like about your mentality and how you think people like pro athletes should pre present themselves. But I'm of the school of mind of like, if they're having fun, I'm having fun. And I want to see people that work really hard have fun. Like, I think they should be rewarded for that. Um, but yeah, no, I think that is a good point where like, I'm with it because it's my team. But yeah, if the Lakers were doing that to the Timberwolves, I'd be livid probably. <laughs> but I wouldn't call in Stephen A. Smith to fight my battle for me, you know? I think as far as NBA, like Twitter and NBA media goes, like the Timberwolves haven't quote unquote earned it yet. Like haven't, they haven't earned the right to be cocky like that because they're the seventh seed. They've been bad for so long. And I think there's just a large contingent of people that hate Patrick Beverly. Mm -hmm. And sure. he's sort of the, the catalyst behind a lot of this. And so everyone just jumps on the anti-Pat Bev bandwagon whenever they can. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. He's the ultimate catalyst for all of this stuff. He's the lightning rod. He's everything. So that's that's what you get with Patrick, Patrick Beverly. I'm like trying to think like, why didn't I like the Clippers for a long time? Like, oh yeah, that's why. Why didn't I like those Rockets teams? Oh yeah, that's why. But uh, he's fun when he's on your team. And I like it, Lou. This is an us against the world type thing, right? That's you, your motto, you baby. That's your motto. You should be buying in heavy. Oh, it's my team, baby. I'm ready to roll into Target Center. Derek Williams jersey strapped on we're ready to roll baby who's their next game against lou yeah, well you'll have to <laughs> give me a minute but i'll be there i'll be ready you know any given day lou, it's like the biggest matter. game of the year man they play the mavs i just talked about it <laughs> yes. uh, yeah sorry <laughs> this is his team go wolves baby Oh. I'm actually I'm pretty sad since I found out they don't have the the claws anymore the foam claws I found that out a couple weeks ago <laughs> that's <was> devastating <laughs> Lou is like seven going to the game I did games. have he's like can we say, get popcorn is, is, it, is this on one wolves thing I will say a little traumatizing for me I was a kid I was pretty young I was going to the games we we're up in the nosebleeds. We worked our way down to like the very bottom of the second deck. And Crunch sees me with the t-shirt can, points up at the deck, shoots it literally right at me. I'm ready to catch this t-shirt. Probably wouldn't have caught it, but you know, I would have got a t-shirt. <laughs> right after the Some dome. guy <laughs> steps right in front of me, leans over, snags it oh. right in front of me, and I will never forget it. It was trauma. And then he just didn't even look at me. Like he just... He was like, yeah, I turned around with whoever. Everybody's just, clapping. In my mind, this guy's like 65, too. <laughs> like, he's just some old guy. He's probably younger than that, but like, I was like seven or 10, or I don't know, but really, really traumatizing experience at Target Center for me. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Tough to go back and relive that, guys. <laughs> it's not a safe space for Lou. Just buy a lower bowl ticket. You don't have to worry yeah, about that. Yeah, I won't that. have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning into the Mini Market Podcast. If you haven't, please leave a review. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Go Wolves. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. <laughs>